As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, welcome everyone. I am so excited to have you here today. And as you know, as a dentist, one of the greatest ways that you can build and prepare for your, your, your future is through practice ownership. And that's why I'm so excited about today is because by the time we finish today, you're going to know what the benefits of ownership are and why starting your own practice is actually an excellent path to ownership. You're going to have a much better understanding of the lending process that can be so confusing sometimes. And we're even going to cover some common misconceptions that are out there. But most importantly, you're going to feel much more confident about taking the steps towards owning a practice. And, and today, I couldn't think of a better guest than Jason Sneller to help you think through these. Jason is Regional Director of Projects Loans at Provide. And I could tell you that Jason's been lending to dentists for over 20 years. I could also share with you that Jason has helped hundreds and hundreds of dentists start up their own practice and hundreds and hundreds of dentists acquire their own practice. But what I really want to share with you is that Jason loves playing a role in helping you achieve your ownership dreams. Jason, welcome to the show. Yeah, Tim. Thank, thanks for having me. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so it's finally good to be here live uh, with you. Yeah, so and I'm so excited. I, I can't think of a more important topic than really building wealth, building practices, and, and either doing that from startup or acquisition. And I think we're we're really going to focus in on that that startup today. And so, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got started before we dive into this. Yeah, so I've been in the industry about 20 years. Um, worked for for some of the big banks, always in practice lending. You know, helping doctors secure loans to you know, acquire practices, start practices, you know, for our established doctors, helping them continue to grow, expand uh, their empire. Uh, so I've been doing it 20 years. I've been with, you know, over those years, a handful of the practice lenders, you know, in the industry that are that are still around and um, decided to make a move uh, over here to provide about five years ago. And I've, I've been here ever since uh, doing loans. You know, again, uh, my focus here is really, you know, the startup loans and established doctor project loans, uh, office remodels, expansions, uh, additional locations. We, we do all that very well. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of associates out there today in, in, in the field, and some are thinking about ownership, some are thinking about acquiring a practice, some are thinking about starting up a practice. But, but before we even dive into those different options, like why should a doctor even consider ownership at all? Well, I, I always ask that question. A lot of times when I do these live events, you know, one of the quest, uh, questions I always ask um, at a live event is, you know, what, what, what are some of the benefits of, of ownership, right? 
And usually the two responses I get, you know, right away, uh, every time is, you know, it's an opportunity to earn better and being more in control of your own destiny. Right. So, and I think that that's very true. You know, while, while it's never automatic, right. It takes hard work. Uh, you know, no matter what business venture that, that you're going into, uh, it takes a, a drive, a willingness to work hard, uh, to achieve success. Um, but, I think as a practice owner, you're really only limited by how hard you work for yourself. So that's why I, I think it is very true that, you know, and why doctors are in control or owners are in control of their own destiny. You know, as an associate doctor, you know, you may you know have to deal with stressful demands, long hours, you know, maybe, you know, but, you know, but, but income can be very predictable and stagnant. You know, maybe you do get a bonus here and there, but after a while, you know, you're really, you know, we see a lot of doctors, you know, really um, become unmotivated in, in associate positions because they're really just earning or helping earn for somebody else rather than themselves. So um, there are a couple other benefits, I think, you know, that that owners do get, um, you know, where associates may not. And, you know, for example, you know, a, a big benefit, you know, is tax planning benefits. Um you know, if you talk to any of the dental CPAs in, in, in our uh, industry, they'll tell you all, all about how they can use the depreciation of assets to offset tax obligations and keep more of that hard earned income, you know, in their pocket. Uh, another often overlooked benefit is as a practice owner, you're building an asset, right? So you're not only working, you know, you're not, you're not only working to get fees from your patients, but you're also building an asset that's going to appreciate in the practice that it can, can eventually be sold, you know, and, and over time that could be a nice boost to a more compre comprehensive wealth strategy. Right. So, so I think, you know, again, uh, you know, all these things working together, you know, working for yourself, earning for yourself, being in control of your destiny, uh, own destiny, um, benefiting from great tax planning benefits as an owner, and building that asset that can eventually be sold is typically why we see our owners accumulate more wealth over, over a long period of time versus doctors that remain associates over, over that same time period. Hmm. Yeah. So, right. I, I'm listening to all those benefits and I'm thinking, wow, that, that, that sounds great. And so I guess my next question would be like, why wouldn't someone want to own a practice? Well, what are some reasons that, that maybe someone should stay an associate and, and not become an owner? You know, ownership, ownership's hard work, you know, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Right. It, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of doctors day in and day out and, you know, sometimes we even talk to doctors where they want to either acquire or start their own practice and become an owner. You know, you talk to them a month later, they're, they don't want to do it anymore. You know, life, life events happen, you know, uh, uh, you know, lifestyles changes, you know, and, and, you know, there are many doctors where we've been going back and forth for many years and, and um, you know, that's fine. You know, it's not, not for everybody. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, from, from, from my desk, when we're talking about, um, you know, what may keep doctors from taking that leap of faith, I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there. And I can share just, you know, a, a few of those that I often hear that may be keeping doctors from taking that, that leap of faith into practice ownership. Yeah. And, and you're talking about not necessarily those associates who are just kind of happy doing their thing. They're working there and they're like, eh, ownership's never for me. You, you really talk about the misconceptions of, of someone who's an associate who's thinking, man, I, I'd love to own my practice, but 
what about this? And what about that? And I can never own a practice because of this thing here. Right. And, and you know, so so there, there are definitely, you know, roadblocks, uh, roadblocks. And as a lender, you know, when, when we were first doing that initial call with these doctors that have a real interest in, in pursuing ownership, um, you know, some of the some of the uh, roadblocks that I often hear and we help doctors work through are, um, you know, you know, collateral, right? They're misconceptions like, you know, they have these preconceived conceptions on what a lender is going to require in order to, for them to secure a loan. And a lot of times it, it, it's just because maybe they're talking to the wrong people, right? You know, in dental, dentists have very unique lending options available to them that are very specialized and, and really just, just designed to help doctors succeed, right? The types of programs that dentists have access to here in the dental industry don't, don't exist in other industries, right? In other industries, doctors may rely heavily more on like SBA type loans, right? Small business loans, you know, which are very different types of loans. They have their place, uh, but you know, dentists have, have way more specialized options available to them to help them achieve practice ownership. Uh, now, now, are these specialized options? Are they available if I show up at my, you know, local bank and my local branch or local credit union, and I walk in and say, "Hey, I'm I'm a dentist. I, I hear you've got special programs. Are no. they going to be able to help me out?" Not, not, not necessarily. Here and there, perhaps, um, you know. But, uh, but you know, these are very, very unique options. Typically, with local lenders, we typically see them because they don't have access to specialty programs. We typically see local uh, banks that don't have specialized healthcare divisions, they're the ones that are typically driving them towards SBA because that's really the only option that they have. Now, if you don't know any better, that may sound like a great option until you talk to one of the specialty lenders here that can walk you through, you know, how their programs work, how they're designed to help achieve success. And, um, you know, so they are, are very unique. Okay, so when you're talking about specialty lenders, you're you're not talking about a lending program down at my you know local bank. You're you're talking about actually companies that are invested in and work in the healthcare space and actually cater to dentists because they understand them so well. Then, right. So, for example, here at Provide, if you don't have a doctor in front of your name, um, I I can't even make a loan to you. So so it's very niche, very specialized. Um, you know, some, some, some of the bigger banks do have specialty programs, you know, only, only a handful. Uh, but, but yeah, we're one of the lenders that do have a specialty program here. All we do are loans for, for healthcare professionals. And I'd say about 80 to 85% of all the loans that I do personally are for the dental industry. So, yeah. So, right. If you're, if you're an associate and you've been kind of looking at this stuff or kind of, you know, poking around at kind of your, you know, your standard sources that you're used to. You may be very discouraged because you've heard no or you've had, had, you know, all these crazy collateral requirements or maybe student loans have gotten in the way. And, and, and it sounds like by working with a specialty lender like you, a lot of those things aren't issues anymore or at least as big of an issue. Yeah. So, so let's walk through some of those roadblocks. Um, so, you know, in many cases, you know, the first call a, uh, an aspiring owner may make, a young doctor might make, is to a lender like myself. You know, they may say, hey, Jason, listen, uh, I've been associating for the last few years, you know, um, kind of burned out a bit. You know, I, I think I want to take that leap of faith and and start up my own practice, you know, but, you know, I don't have any, you know, I don't have any collateral uh, to put down. Right. I, I, I live with my family. 
I rent an apartment. You know, I can't pledge a, a, my home as collateral to secure a loan. Um, you know, so my response to that is, you know, la lack of personal collateral um, is not an issue for the specialty lenders, right? Um, you know, typically we don't need anything pledged as collateral other than the practice itself, hmm. you know, because we understand the dental industry, because we understand how these practices appreciate and build value. And, and um, that's enough collateral for us. So we collateralize our loans with the practice itself. We're never going to ask a doctor to pledge any personal collateral. Hmm. Okay. Um, another, um, you know, uh, you know, when, we, when I'm on that first call, another, uh, you know, roadblock or, or misconception is, uh, you know, Jason, I don't have any money to put down on a loan, right? And again, this is very common because if a doctor goes to a local bank that doesn't have a specialty program, a lot of times they're going to talk to them about an SBA loan. Now, SBA is going to require money down, typically 10%, okay? Um, with the specialty dental programs, we don't require any money down, okay? Uh, we'll lend a doctor uh, 100% of the, the construction money and the equipment money that they're going to need to start up a practice. In fact, we're even, even going to include working capital so that as they go in there as a new business owner, they have access to, to additional cash flow. Okay. So again, very, very specialized. We can help a doctor scratch start their office with no money out of pocket. Okay. Um, you know, the other part of that conversation is, Jason, listen, I don't have any, any savings or cash. You know, that's good, good to identify up front. You know, uh, we encourage doctors to, you know, leading up to, you know, applying for a loan for a startup or even an acquisition to focus on putting some money away. You know, um, a good place to be right now is going to be in that that five to 10 percent liquidity. Hmm. Um, so we're going to want to at least see that 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 much money in the bank. Um, but again, as long as we can show that a good credit score, you know, typically we'll, we'll lend up to, uh, you know, 100 percent, no money down for for a startup practice loan. Wow. I, I, that's amazing. And so, you know, what about student loans? Do, do those play a role in, in, in stopping a, an aspiring owner to, in getting financing? So, yeah. So I, I'd say that's probably one of the, the biggest uh, roadblocks. Right. So uh, so student loan debt you know, is, is, is probably the biggest concern among young young dentists graduating today. Like, you know, uh, and, and we see it all over the board, right? You know, sometimes it's, it's 300,000, which I think is about the average, which, you know, I say 300,000 to a room full of young dentists and they look at me like, holy smokes, that, that I wish it was only 300,000, right? So we do see much, much higher than that. Uh, the way, you know, so student loan debt does need to be factored in. So when we do our startup loans, you know, uh, you know, we, we are based, it's a projection-based cash flow, right? You know, because- there's no patient base there. It's a new business. So when we're looking at personal debts, student loan debt is something that we need to, you know, factor in to our projection, our projected cash flow. But, you know, we're, we're in the business. Again, we're specialty lenders. We're in the business of lending money to dentists. So we know in order for, the, for doctors to get that license to practice, um, you know, it, it comes at a cost, right? So, so we're not, we're not, um, you know, uh, we're used to seeing pretty significant amounts of student loan debt. Don't let that discourage you. At, you know, if you're if you want to pursue practice ownership, don't let that dis discourage you. Um, I think the big misconception out there is a lot of doctors think that they need to pay down student loan debt 
in full or aggressively mm -hmm. in order to secure, you know, a, a loan to start a practice. Okay. Um, what happens is when, you know, doctors start paying down student loans aggressively, right. It didn't, and it creates another issue for us as a, as a practice lender is that it, it actually, you know, if they're paying down student loan aggressively, it's, it's limiting their savings. Right. And we said earlier that, you know, typically on a startup loan, we're going to want to be in that five to 10% liquidity. Okay. So, so in many cases, if doctors are focused on paying, don't paying down that student loan debt aggressively, you know, it may limit their ability to save. And that creates another issue for us when we go to credit. So as a practice lender, as a specialty lender, I'd, mu I'd much rather see um, more savings than lower, lower balances on student loans because, 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 because student loans, the only way um, paying, paying off a student loan can, can benefit a cash flow if it's paid off in full and that monthly payment is completely eliminated. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're saying that 5% liquidity or, you know, 5 to 10% liquidity, you're talking about the, the overall project size? Is of, the, of the total loan amount. So okay. let's say, you know, we're, you know, it's a, it's a $600,000 loan, right, for a startup. Um, you know, then, you know, we're going to want to be in that thirty to $60,000 range. Okay. And so not even necessarily collateral. You just want to see that there's some cash on hand then. To, to, to make it through and make sure everything works smoothly then. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Now, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm listening to this and I know many people may also be listening to this thinking, you know, why would you do this? Right? Like it's a new dentist. They're, you know, starting up a practice. They've never owned a business before. Like, like, isn't that really risky for, for you as a lender to go out there and, and give people this amount of money to start a business and run something they've never run before? Like, like, why would you do this? Yeah, we, we often get 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 that question, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think if you, you know, again, I think the lending piece is very important part of of success. Right. Um, you know, working with a lender that understands dental, you know, understands, you know, how these projections are going to work and understands how to structure a loan properly, you know, to kind of help doctors, you know, almost grow into their business. Right. So. Um, so I think lending, lending can be a big piece of that. Um, you know, what, what we typically, you know, would do for a startup loan is, is, you know, we, we don't, we don't approve a loan. Let's say, I, you know, a doctor comes to us and they need $750,000 to scratch start a practice. You know, what we don't do as a lender is we don't come in and say, doctor, here's 750,000, you know, good luck. We wish you the best, uh, you know, uh, you know, with, 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 you know, building, building your business. Um, you know, what we do is, is more of a controlled process. So, so what we do is we, we approve a doctor for that 750, we set that money aside, and then we have them work with our team to disperse funds to the various vendors, right? During this period of time, we call this period of time, the, the build out phase or construction phase. During this period of time, a doctor is not required to make any payments to us. Okay, so we don't want to put a doctor in a position where they have to start making payments to us before they're ready to open their doors or at least very close to that. And, and, and they have patient flow coming in. Okay, uh, so during this period of time, you know, uh, we're, we're dispersing funds, but in, uh, no payments are required to the bank, um, you know, on the loan. At some point during this construction period, a doctor is going to call us up and say, okay, you know, the construction's done. 
the equipment's being installed. I'm ready to open my doors on Monday and start seeing my patients, right? That's typically when we tally up everything. We'll tally up what's been spent. We'll include, you know, whatever's still pending. We'll add in the working capital. And that's when we'll roll the loan over and the payment schedule will start. Um, the way we structure our startup loans is we give the doctors a grace period in the beginning. So for two years, uh, we give a very low monthly payment, you know, hmm. maybe interest only for the last, you know, for the first two years. And really what that is, is it's designed to be a safety net, right? Um, you know, uh, you know, doctors can fall back on that low payment to redirect cash flow towards other things they need to grow, you know, their business, you know, maybe marketing, maybe hiring staff, you know, and things like that. So, so that low payment is intended to give that doctor a safety net in that first two critical years of that startup business. Eventually after that two years, the payments will level out for the remainder of a 10 year term. So in all, it's about 12 year term. But that structure, you know, coupled with the fact that we're also going to give them, you know, uh, you know, a good amount of working capital as a new business owner, I think is a major reasons why we do see a lot of success, uh, you know, in our startup loans, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do see doctors, again, you know what, this is why I think it's important to do interviews like this to get content out there, um, you know, because still to this day, even though a lot of these specialty programs have, have existed, for, for many years, I, I've been doing them for 20 years myself. Um, you know, we do tend to get doctors that, you know, try to piecemeal these loans together um, and then come to us way too late in the game. And by that time, it's so hard for me to kind of unwind it that it, it, it's unfortunate because I just, you know, I'm able to kind of help them kind of out of that, that, uh, that, that challenge that they're having. So what tends to happen is, you know, when I say piecemeal a deal together is, you know, doctors may, you know, go out and, and, you know, get short-term equipment loans, maybe through a, an equipment vendor, you know, three year, five year, seven year, um, you know, as long as you have a, a, a license to practice a heartbeat and a good credit score, you know, dentists can get a loan, you know, equipment loan, you know, very easy, but it's not always the best structure, right? They usually typically short-term loans, which, which for a new business can constrain a cash flow. So they go out there and maybe get these short-term equipment loans thinking it's a good idea. You know, they're self-funding uh, their project either from their own savings or credit cards, right? And that can have a negative impact. So by the time they come to me, you know, uh, you know they're, they're, they kind of dwindled their savings, you know, and, and don't have the liquidity I need. They've run up credit card debt, you know, so that's affecting their credit scores. And they have these short-term equipment loans that they can't get out of. Um, and again, trying to unwind that, you know, at that point is very difficult. So, so that's why I think, you know, again, you know, as, as part of a, a, you know, if you're looking to do a startup, there are only really a few banks in, in the industry that can actually do startup loans well and have a good program for that. Um, but I do think it's important to work with a bank or a lender uh, that, you know, really understands how to structure, why structure is very important, because that's going to, you know, help doctors, uh, you know, succeed as a startup. Yeah, no, and that's so true when you're talking about the structure and the managing cash flow, because when you're starting a practice, you're starting with how many patients exactly? Well, <laughs> zero technically, but, you know, what, what I've seen over the years too, and again, this is where it comes down to like, you know, building your team, right? As a lender, I'm, I'm, I'm a part 
of a team that you're going to build, right? You're going to have equipment specialists involved. You're going to have people that, you know, can help you find a space to lease uh, realtors. You know, every broker has a specialty realtor that can help doctors find space. Uh, You're going to hire, you know, architects and, and, and contractors, and they're all going to give you great advice. What, what we see the trend these days, like when I first started doing startups 20 years ago, um, there were maybe a handful of consultants, you know, that really understood how these startup loans worked, you know, but for the most part, you know, 20 years ago, it was the doctor, you know, doing their own research, maybe doing some demographics, building out and equipping the office and hanging a sign, you know, and as long as they had, you know, good visibility, you know, patients would just, just show up. Maybe they put an ad in the local publication or the yellow pages. Uh, and, you know, that seemed to work, you know, these days, um, there are resources out there, amazing consultants that actually start working with, with dentists from, you know, before they even have a space, right. So they're helping, you know, guide them, you know, helping them create their vision for a practice, create their brand, So what has changed over my time is there's a lot that you can do during that period of time where you're maybe not open yet, but you're building your practice and equipping it. There's a lot that you can do to build up patient base so that, so that when you do open your doors, you're not necessarily starting with zero. Yeah. You know, you've already done that pre-marketing to get in there. So, so that's a nice trend that's encouraging, you know? um, And uh, you know, uh, like I said, in dental more than even some of the other healthcare industries, uh, there, there's a tremendous network of, of advisors mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, again, if, if, if you're, you know, if you have any concerns about your ability to, to own and manage a practice, there is resources out there that can help you and hold your hand through that process. Yeah, and in fact, we've got some, some comments coming in here. So we've got uh, one of the great partners out there right now, Ali from the, the doc sites, right? They can, they can help you grow your, your patient base. And so there, there are the resources out there. And uh, yeah, Ali, so glad you appreciate this information. I know you work with a lot of startups also. And so, you know, Jason, I, I know every startup is different. I, I know every practice is, is its own unique animal. And, and, you know, every owner is its own unique person. And so, but, but as you kind of look out as, at the startup landscape, how often do these practices actually succeed and, and, and doing well? And the reason I ask that is, once again, you know, banks and, and, you know, businesses aren't typically in the business of trying to lose money, right? You're, you're in the business of trying to make a loan yeah. and, and get paid back. Like, like you don't not want to get paid back as, as yeah. well you should. And so okay. how often do you actually see practices succeed versus practices fail? Yeah, so I, I can tell you for sure if, if our startup loans uh, did not perform, we would definitely not be doing making startup loans to dentists. Uh, the fact is, is that they they do perform well. And again, for many of the reasons I just I just you know gave you you know proper structuring, you know access to to working capital that all makes a huge difference in in success. But in short, to answer your question, um, default rates on our startup loans are, are no different than doctors that are looking to you know that that have acquired practices. Yeah. You know, they do perform, perform well. Um, and uh, which among all the industries are, are some of the lowest default rates anywhere. Correct. Yeah. And, so, and, and, that, and that's what I want to share, because, right, if you're listening to this and, and rightfully so, you may have a lot of fear over stepping out and thinking, man, I, I could never do this. It's this going to be too hard. It's going to be too difficult. I'm not going to be able to make it work. 
Well, the, the numbers tell a very, very different story. Yeah. Statistically. It, like that, that's, that's why I always say, and that's why I want to, like, with our time today, you know, talk through, you know, startups, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, we do a lot of acquisition loans. You know, that, that's always been our bread and butter from day one. You know, we do, we do help doctors acquire practices in fuller part. So we have great programs for that as well. But, you know, there's not, there's, there's, there's less information out there, you know, for these doctors that want to start up. And, and typically what I see, you know, again, from my chair as a banker here is in certain markets in particular, like, you know, I'm, I'm based out here in Los Angeles, but, um, you know, the, to find that, that practice in the neighborhood you want to be that has the, you know, great cash flow, it can take time, right? So a lot of the startup doctors I work with right now are doctors that were initially pursuing, you know, an acquisition, you know, have looked at many practices, um, have made offers on practices, but, you know, because it's so competitive, they weren't in that first position to get it. Um, and, you know, after, you know, looking for a while, they kind of say, you know what, like, I think I need to pursue this startup route, you know, for me to be able to to, to have my own business in the community where I want to be, you know, I'm going to be waiting forever to find that, that perfect practice. Why not, you know, start up, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so we do see a lot of doctors again, you know, start with the intent of, of acquiring, but eventually, you know, uh, kind of move more towards like, listen, let me learn more about startup. Let me, let me understand how that process works and, and, and let, let me, let me go that route. Yeah. So, right, if I'm an associate and I'm thinking, man, you know, I, I like what I'm hearing. I'm ready to, to take some steps and really explore this. How, how do I even get started on this process? So, like I said, the the first a lot of times I'm that first call a doctor would make, you know, and again, you know, I call this a discovery call. So, you know, on this first call we make and it can be over the phone. It can be via Zoom or even live in person if it's if it's uh, Southern California. Um but we start with that call, you know, there, you know, on that call, I'm going to understand, you know, you know, uh, what the doctor's plans are, you know, where they want to be, um, you know, what, what they're, what they're looking to do, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, build out and equipment, we can talk a little bit about, you know, their vision, you know, we can talk a little bit about not only their, their short-term goals, you know, to start this practice, but where they want to go long-term, right. Um, you know, do you want to own multiple practices, you know, uh, down the road? You know, and, you know, that's that could be another conversation, but but that's an important consideration when looking to partner with a lender. But so this is the information that that we are you know, covering on that first call. It's also an opportunity for me to, again, kind of walk through some of the things I've already walked through here. You know uh, how the process works, how the structure works. Um, I always like to start with a pre-qualification uh, here at Provide. We do, uh, uh, you know, online, you know, soft credit inquiries uh you know and and really i, I kind of refer to that as the toll gate right so that's the first step i send a doctor a link uh they take about five minutes to answer some basic questions and then we do a soft credit uh inquiry but what that does that gives me a lot of good information right it's going to give me not only a credit score but it's going to tell me their personal debts um it's going to tell me a little bit about their liquidity how long they've been licensed what kind of production they're doing you know, and then, you know, once we clear that, then we have the doctor go back into a loan portal and complete a more formal application, um, upload some financial documents, uh, which would include tax returns, production reports if they have them. And then uh, once that's done, typically within about 
seven business days or less, I'll have a fall on approval uh, for a startup. Okay. okay. Um, typically the first people that are, that are involved in, in part of the startup process is the bank and is going to be a realtor, you know, somebody that can go out there and help you find a, a proper space to, to lease. Right. So a lot of times, you know, early on in the startup process, it's the lender working closely with the realtor, you know, on helping that doctor, you know, again, not only with, with budget, but also find an appropriate space where they can actually build, build a, a dental office. And, you know, if you talk to the brokers too, and I think you've had some on, on your show here, um, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that the lending piece is important. The reason why it's important is when we work through the prequal, when we work through that full application, you know, not only are we going to define a budget, right, which is going to be important to, to that realtor to know, because depending on the budget we approve will, will depend on what, what size space that, you know, they, they, they show you, right? You know, if, if, if there's limited budget, then, you know, maybe you need to start looking at you know, some smaller space opportunities, right? Because there's, there's a cost per square foot. Um, the other thing that, that becomes very important to uh, a realtor is, you know, what can you afford, you know, rent per month, right? You know, if, if, if you know, the budget allows for, let's say, $8,000 a month in rent, you know, that broker is not going to want to take you touring, you know, looking at $12,000 a month rent spaces, right? So, so again, you know, we, we tend to work very closely with those, those um, uh, realtors, you know, at that early stage of, of uh, the process, you know, defining budget, you know, and, and finding appropriate space, you know, and at that point, once we kind of get past that, you know, we can start making offers on an actual space to lease. And that's when you start bringing in, you know, maybe an, an equipment rep to talk to you about technology and, and what you're going to need, you know, contractors to, to walk you through what, what it's going to cost and how they can build out that space um, that, you, that you're looking to, to lease. Okay, excellent. Well, and, and what does this lending process really look like with Provide versus some other lenders out there? Because, you know, I, I know before when I've applied for loans, there's so much paperwork. I've got to fill stuff out and scan it and send it back and emails back and forth. And it's a lot of work. And so, so what does your process look like? So, yeah, so, so what we're known for is being very streamlined and efficient, right? Um, the whole reason why Provide exists is, is you know, we, 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 we were founded about seven years ago, uh, and we really saw an, an opportunity to deliver, to basically bring technology into the dental lending industry to make the process, you know, way more, more efficient, right? So, so our entire process is 100% online. You know, um, there's no, you know, the faxes that you're going to need to send in. Uh, you know, you don't have to send large, you know, PDF files via email that that may get blocked or, or you know, uh, uh, you know, can't get through. So so what we do is we're fully online. Um, you know, we use our technology as a lender uh, to deliver a much better, you know, user experience, not only from initial application, but all the way through funding. So we give doctors access to uh, their personal loan portal. This is where the applications can be filled out. Uh, this is where, uh, you know, documents can be uploaded, you know, as far as tax returns and production reports and things that we're going to need to underwrite your file. Um, but really what it does, it, it keeps everything very organized, not only on the doctor side, but on our side. Right. Um, you know, at, at other lenders that I've worked, the challenge is always, 
you know, receiving emails or faxes, packaging them together, you know, putting them into to a file that I can s- submit to credit. And that kind of stuff took time here because it's all online and it's very organized. You know, if doctors get busy, they have to step away. They can come right back. Everything's right in front of them, you know, uh, so they know what's been sent. They know what's still pending. The application actually walks them through each stage of the process. So really what it does, it, it helps keep, keep everybody organized so that we can uh, package a deal together, get it in front of an underwriter, and actually deliver you, deliver you a, a credit decision, you know, sooner than, than most other lenders out there. Excellent. Right. And I, I think, you know, speed to getting this done is so important, especially in a, a competitive market. And, you know, because even though the economy is in a bit of turmoil right now, it's still very competitive out there. And the quicker you can get these things done, the better shot you've got at actually acquiring the practice that you yeah. desire. Yeah. So the, 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 soon, the, the way I always explain it to a doctor is just the sooner I can issue you a, a loan approval, the sooner you can start really putting your plans in place. Right. Yep. You don't want to sign leases without having a loan in place, right? So if I can deliver you a loan in seven days, uh, you know, then that that can give you confidence that, you know, okay, it's, it's okay to sign a lease. I have financial backing to do what I want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, the sooner I can deliver a loan approval, the sooner you can start committing to, to leases, uh, the sooner you can start ordering your equipment, which again, you know, with, with everything going on in the economy the last few years, you know, uh, uh, turn times on equipment has slowed a bit, you know, so the sooner you can order it, the sooner you can get it in, uh, the sooner you can start making commitments to your contractors. And really the sooner you can start doing all that, the sooner you can open your doors and start seeing your own patients. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Tim McNeely. I've been talking with Jason Snellner of Provide, and we've been talking about dental practice startup lending simplified. And, and, and really we've been sharing with you with what the benefits of ownership are and why a startup can be an excellent path to ownership. We've been giving you some understanding of the lending process and even covering some common misconceptions, all with the goal of, of helping you feel confident towards taking the next steps towards practice ownership. And, and Jason, really, I, I, I hear a few kind of ongoing themes as you talk about. Number one is just that team aspect, right? You know, there, there's so many things to do. And, and I know just listening to this, it's like I can feel really overwhelmed with everything that has to get done. And, and if you're an associate or looking to acquire a practice, chances are you're hearing all this stuff thinking, oh my gosh, this is so much to do. But the the truth is a team and having the right players in place, which I, I know you do, it makes things so much easier. In fact, we talk about teams and the importance of teams in my new book coming out, Dental Wealth Nation. That's one of the keys to success is having the right people to help you do these things. So you can focus on finding the location you want. You can focus on, you know, building the practice you want. And then you have a team watching all those numbers, putting things together so that this actually works for you. And so, so I hear that team aspect. I hear the simplicity of lending. And I love addressing just those common misconceptions because so often we put the, these limiting beliefs on ourselves, and we go, I could never do that. But the, the truth is it's possible. And so, you know, w- with that said, if, if there's an aspiring, you know, owner out there who's listening to this, what would you share with them right now? What what would you tell them to help encourage them and and help them to continue to find confidence to really start along this path? Well, I think, I think it's really, you know, again, you know, uh, listening to, uh, you know, podcasts like this, uh, you know, doing your research, you know, understanding, you know, the unique options that you have out there, you know, talking to resources. And when I say resources, I'm not only talking about lenders, 
realtors, equipment companies, contractors, or even consultants. I'm talking about mentors that have actually done this before and, and can give you some good advice on, on their experience as well. So, so reach out, you know, uh, listen, listen to, to podcasts like this, do your research and really understand, um, you know, that, that this is something that is, is absolutely possible. You know, if, if this is something that you want to do, if this is the right path for you to, to, to start up a practice, um, there are tremendous resources out there. All you really need to do is just, just, uh, you know, uh, find, find them and, uh, you know, start a conversation. Right. And then I'm going to put your email address in for everyone so they can get in touch with you. But what, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Jason? Uh, the best way is, is email is always great. Um, my email is jason.schneller, my last name, S-C-H-N-E-L-L-E-R, at getprovide.com. Uh, or call me on my cell phone. Uh, and we can schedule a, an appointment at 818-561-8106. Uh, you can also, um, you know, uh, we have a great website, you know, with a lot of great content on there, uh, www.getprovide.com. Um, you know, there's great, great information there. You can even, you know, if you're ready to take that leap and start a prequal, you can even prequal right, right from, uh, from our, our website as well. All right. And I'm putting all those resources in the chat right now for anyone who's, who's interested. So any closing thoughts before we sign off here, Jason? No, that's it. I just want to, you know, uh, thank you again, Tim, you know, for everything you do for the dental industry. Uh, you know, uh, Dental Wealth Nation, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've watched your videos and, and uh, I've learned a lot myself. You know, I've been here doing this 20 years and listening to some of the people that you have on is, is you know, tremendous help to me in understanding not, not only how other aspects of the industry work, but how, how things have changed, right? Keeping up with the changes and, and things like that. So, so I just wanted to personally thank you for not only having me here today, but for everything else you do for the for the dental industry. We appreciate you. Oh, well, well I, I appreciate that. And you're, you're so welcome. And, and one of my favorite things to do is learn from people like you because, right, I don't know it all. I never will know it all. But I want to work with the best of the best out there who can help dentists achieve their dreams of whether it's ownership or building an empire or whatever it is so that they can build that amazing life of significance. And so thank you for, for sharing generously. And, and I certainly, I know I'm walking away with once again, a better understanding of the benefits of ownership. I have a much better understanding of the lending process. And if I was an associate and had a doctor in front of my name, I certainly would feel more confident about taking steps towards practice ownership. And yeah. so, and I got, what I always say, Tim is it's never too early to start a conversation. So even if this is not something that's in your plan immediately, you know, maybe it's three years, maybe it's five years. Let's have the conversations now. It doesn't cost anything to get on the phone and have a chat and, 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 hmm. and walk you through the process. Uh, that's great advice. So, right. So even if you think this is a couple of years in your future, it's worth talking about right now, isn't it? Absolutely. So excellent. Well, hey, thank you again. And thank you for tuning in to Dental Wealth Nation. And, and we don't want you to just listen to this because if you just listen to it and you don't take action, you've wasted your time. But if you take some action, if you take one or two things that you've learned and you put it into practice, you're going to be able to get out there and make it a great day. Until we see you again soon here on Dental Wealth Nation, get out there and I want you to make it that great day. 
You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Until next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 